for men. If, I mean, if I could just have a brief moment, I know this is like mansplaining to women about how difficult childbirth is. Um, for you young guys, I don't need to speak to this section, but, but perhaps right over here, for you young guys, I just want to say there was a time in my life when I was the man of Sherry's dreams. And then a little man came along. You, you can ask Gerald. He's probably up in the middle of the night, but his wife doesn't come and feed him. Everything changes with a baby. Everything is more challenging. And, and we guys, just to be honest, we're, we're used to being the center of our universe. Our mothers informed us that we were special. And suddenly, with the birth of a child, and then a second, and a third, and then six grandchildren, we keep moving down the scale of awesomeness until we begin to feel like we're just actually the odd man out. I'm getting that look now, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> and so, so if you've noticed the title of this message, you, you probably realize I'm borrowing from an old English idiom, odd man out. When, when you show up for Christmas service and you're, only, you're the only staff wearing your new Christmas tie, you feel like the odd man out. When you thought it was a costume party, you arrive and nobody else is dressed up, you, you, you feel like the odd man out. And in a more somber way, if you're the only single person in your care group, you can feel like you are the odd man out, or perhaps in a season of celebration, when everyone is celebrating the joy of Christmas and this is your first Christmas without your loved one, you can feel like the odd man out. During Christmas time, when you enjoy the privilege of the majority, sometimes the odd people out are invisible. They're not obvious. And in this regard, our scripture today gives us some comfort, because in this Christmas story, there is an odd man out. His name is Joseph. He is a carpenter. He seems to be, in the entire gospel story, kind of the invisible, quiet, odd man out. In, in the great Christmas play, he doesn't even have a speaking part. In fact, all four, four Gospels mention Joseph, but not one word that he ever spoke. We don't know how he died. We don't know how he lived. But there are several things, the life of this quiet, odd man out, we could learn from this Christmas season. So our story begins in verses 18 through 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And by the way, that word birth in Greek is genesis. It's the word from which we, are, we get the name of the first book of the Bible, Genesis. So this should help you understand the story of Genesis is the birthing the birthing of all things we know. 
It is the birthing of all things created by this God who created all things by the power of his word. And so at Christmas, we are seeing a rebirthing. Not only was Genesis the birth of all the universe, it was also the birth of the relationship between this God who came seeking the humanity that he created. And in this gospel, Matthew, we see at Christmas a rebirthing, a rebooting of this God named Jesus who is called the living word who rebirths this relationship by his work. The second thing we notice is that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now, we don't use that word much in the 21st century. And though Christianity has this reputation, let me just assure you that Mary and Joseph were not Americans or Canadians. They were Asians, and they had a very traditional Asian relationship, meaning betrothal means their families had arranged together by social contract this relationship. Mary, by the age of 12, was committed by her parents to this older man who would take over her care and protection. His name was Odd Man Joseph. They were engaged. It was a contract, but they had not yet moved in together. The marriage was not consummated, but it is far more than an engagement. Today, couples get engaged, and then what? They break it off. In this kind of betrothal engagement, the bridal price or the dowry, depending on which family was wealthier, had already been paid. Their engagement couldn't just be broken off. It required a divorce under Jewish law. So they were committed by their families to each other. Joseph was obligated to care for her and protect her, not just her physical body, but her reputation. That was his obligation. Then third notice... Um, Joseph was definitely a guy, because though he's not talking, he was trying to figure out how to fix this. This, this is what we do as men. We're fixers. And wives, just to help you understand, when your man comes home and you share a situation, if he doesn't know how to fix it, it doesn't help him by talking about it. So he falls silent. Joseph is silently resolving this mess he suddenly found himself in, and he's decided, I will divorce my fiance quietly. Why? Because he was a just man, unwilling to put her to shame. Now, just think about this for a moment. This is a sovereign God that had the entire population of men from which to choose this foster father for his own son, and yet he chose Joseph. Not because he was a good speaker, 
Not because he was the center of attention everywhere that he went, but simply because he was a man that reflected the character of the God who chose him. Justice and mercy. If he was to marry her, the punishment under Jewish law was much more severe. If he was to publicly shame her, he would give up his obligation to protect her. So in this man, Joseph, was the character of the most high and holy God who called him. Now, you may not be a Christian, so just consider this to be a word just to Christians, just to those of us who consider ourselves to be followers of this baby, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you say. We will be judged just like Joseph by whether or not our behaviors are aligned with the character of God. And this man, Joseph, was chosen because of his character, not his language, not because he was so articulate, not because he loved the platform, but because he put the character of God on display in his life. He resolved to quietly take care of it. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, again confirming his gender. Because wives, when your husband comes home all day long, he's been trying to work out in his mind how to fix some problem. And that makes a man sleepy. We come home and the most spiritual thing we can do is take a nap. So, so this is good news, right? When you're exhausted, and this is a pastor talking to you, GBC members, when you wake up on Sunday morning and you're exhausted, the most spiritual thing you can do, take a nap. And pastor, put your phone on silent. And, and this is what happened in the midst of him trying to work out a resolution to the mess he found himself in. Suddenly, he, this man, he just fell asleep. And in his sleep, an angel came to him and said this, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, now do you understand the crushing disaster this was on this first Christmas for Joseph? Because as the angel are getting ready to announce this good news of great joy. It is not good news of great joy to realize your fiancé is pregnant and you're not the dad. That is not good news. He is trying to work this out in his head. He falls asleep and the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, here's the good news. It is not some other man that has implanted this child in Mary's womb. It is the Lord who has planted himself in your fiance's womb. That's not a man's idea. It did not come from any man. 
And those of you who know me know this is one of the reasons why after wandering for 15 years, I came back to the Bible because these words are so outrageous. No man could have thought this up. And and here's what's extraordinary. So let me just put a pause here because I know some of you older members are getting nervous. You're, You're thinking, oh, here's this pastor talking about dreams and angels, let me just assure you that the authority of this message did not come from the angel, the angel meaning messenger. It didn't come from the dream. So our pastoral team is is not going to start getting up on Sunday saying, hey, whoa, I had a dream. And the angel of the Lord said to me, you're God's strong right arm. No one can touch God's anointed. That's not going to happen at this church because we read his word and the angel pointed not to himself as authority, not to Joseph as authority, not to dreaming as authority, but to the word of God as authority. And the angel said to him, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. He's referring to the Hebrew scriptures, Isaiah chapter 7. In Isaiah chapter 7, God is speaking to a useless king named Ahaz. Ahaz, who's making lots of noise, shouting orders to his generals how to protect Israel from invading forces. And God sends Isaiah to his king and says, tell the king, be quiet and be careful. And then in verse 10 of chapter 7 of Isaiah, he says, tell the king this, ask of the Lord a sign, any sign, be it as low as the grave or as high as the heaven. Ask me of any sign to give you for comfort and assurance. Suddenly, Ahaz remembers his Sunday school lessons and decides to get all spiritual and says, oh no, I don't dare test the Lord my God. And so the Lord sends Isaiah a second time to say, since you will not ask, For a sign, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And suddenly, Joseph, this odd man out, began to realize, whoa, this is not just an ordinary child that's being carried in Mary's womb. This is God himself who has moved into my neighborhood. The odd man out was suddenly brought into the confidence of a holy God and suddenly realized this is God living with us. God with us. Joseph awoke from sleep. I'm not sure why it's not changing on the slides. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth. In other words, did not consummate the marriage until the birth of this baby called Jesus, Yeshua, the Lord saves. And he became known as Emmanuel, this Odd man out, called of God for a specific purpose to steward the glory 
that came to live within him. And because this man, not a talker, not, not royalty, though he came from the line of David, just a common carpenter in a day when most houses were made of mud and straw, he made stools and tables. God called him to steward this good news that was great joy for all peoples. And how did he respond? Obedience. Some of you may be thinking, I, I don't know much about the Bible. How can I follow Christ? Some of you might even be thinking, I, I, just, I just showed up because it's Christmas, and I, 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 I don't know what to say in church. I don't know the songs we sing unless they're Christmas songs. What did Joseph know? It's not what you know. It's not what you say, but this one response required by the king of heaven to all those he brings into his divine confidence when he reboots this relationship between humanity and the living God who spoke all things into existence, this one thing. And he did everything he was told. Faithful obedience is the food that feeds our faith. Not learn more, but simply do more of what you already know. This was Joseph. We know so little about the man who fostered the Savior of the world. We don't know what he said to family and friends. We don't know how he explained this pregnancy, but this one thing we know, that first Christmas, he chose to be faithful. I've only been back in Singapore two years and two months, and, and I know that we live in a meritocracy that informs us we succeed by our own efforts. We learn how to be awesome in school, awesome at life, awesome in work, but friends, this Christmas, God is not calling you to be awesome. He's calling you to be faithful, to faithfully steward the treasure of the gospel. Because of Joseph, this odd man out, because of his faithfulness, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. I'm tired of hearing Christians say, I don't have to you know, be faithful at work, you know, but, but in church I'll be faithful. Faithful, growing in favor with God and Singaporeans. This is the Christ model to follow. 
So, I'll be awesome and fail. Or I'll be honest and say, only God is good. Only He is awesome. And I will do all I can. If I can't imitate Jesus, I will imitate His stepdad. I will be faithful. I want to invite you to bow with me for just a moment. As we come to the close of this Christmas service. You you, you know pastors don't have special insight into how church people are doing. There's no hotline that informs us who is struggling. I, I haven't prepared this message for anybody but the Lord. You, you might not even consider yourself to be a follower of Christ. You, you might look at your mess and, and say, well, how, how can God accept me? I will tell you, friend, he accepts you because it's not about your performance. Jo- Joseph had a little baby. He called him Jesus. But I don't know if you noticed this. When Matthew recorded his birth in verse 18, he said, this is the birth of Jesus Christ. We give our children names. We don't give them titles. No, no No one gives a newborn baby the the title of doctor we can gift a name but titles have to be earned so how is it that Matthew writes this is the way Jesus Christ was born because Matthew wrote on the other side of the cross he saw Jesus live he saw him die He saw his title proved by the resurrection so he could write with confidence, this is how he was birthed into this world. Not just Jesus, but Jesus, the Savior. Christos, Savior of the world, the legendary liberator. Friend, it's not about your performance. It's about the performance of Christ on Calvary who died and felt the weight of the wrath of God leashed out on him because of my sin, because of your sin. Let that go. If, if, if you sense him calling you to himself, saying, yes, right now, I want us to reboot, rebirth our relationship, then simply in your heart right now, All you need to say is, yes, Lord, I turn from my own mess, and I turn now to Christ, the babe at Christmas, born not a babe, but a king, who bore your wrath, took the punishment, so that I might be declared by his righteousness just to stand before you. It's a free gift that cost the Savior everything. It has come to you 
this Christmas? Would you say yes? Yes, Lord, because you poured your glory into the flesh of this little baby, because this man who was odd and out and quiet was drawn into your confidence and faithfully stewarded the glory in that child, I now desire to be like Joseph. Fill me with your glorious presence, and I will be faithful. Not to seek a platform for myself, but daily to seek a platform for your glory. Daily to steward the good news of Jesus Christ. And for those of us who have been raised perhaps in the Christian tradition, maybe some of you like me thought you could figure out life better on your own and now you've come back. This is a wonderful time, this Christmas, to say, oh Lord God, today I am coming home. This Christmas, fill me with the glory that came in Bethlehem so many years ago. And I will again be faithful like Joseph to stand in the shadows that Christ in me may rise and be obvious. Oh, Father God, we bless you because you are not content with separation. You long to be reunited with your creation. So if you have come seeking us today, May you hear from many hearts, oh yes, Lord, come and abide with me. Emmanuel, God with me. This Christmas day, 2018, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's rise for our song of response. Let's respond to the word of God and worship of Christ the King. Hark the herald angels sing. Hark the herald angels sing. 